0: What's up? I'm Will Fulton from Thrillist with some amazing podcast news. We just launched our very first podcast, Thrillist Best and the Rest. Every week you can hear me and my amazingly talented colleagues talk about the best of the best in food, drink, travel, and entertainment. From the scariest movie of all time to the best hangover cure ever, listen to Thrillist Best and the Rest on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, you know, basically everywhere and anywhere you can find podcasts.
1: Hi, Brian. Hi, Katie. And hello, lovely listeners. This week, we are very excited because we're taking you all with us to Martha Stewart headquarters. Literally, we—well, well, not, not literally, literally figuratively. figuratively. We interviewed Martha at her company headquarters, Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, And had a really wonderful time, didn't we? We did. The offices are incredible. They take up a giant city block in Chelsea, right on the Hudson River. And they definitely passed the white glove test. They were beautiful and so clean. Martha, ladies and gentlemen, no surprise here, is not particularly messy. But we also walked around the joint afterwards, and that place is stocked, isn't it? It's amazing, from color-coded design
0: books to a $5,000 cappuccino machine that she talks about
1: to test kitchens. And also, they have tons of props for when they do shoots. They have a million different chairs and napkins and tablecloths and even a bin that said hankies. There's even a Martha Stewart cafe in the lobby. As Martha herself might say, It's a good thing, Brian. (laughs) Anyway, for nearly 35 years, she has dominated all things domestic. She has lent her good taste and her name to everything from TV shows to cookbooks to carpet tiles, meal kits, magazines, and much, much more. She's like a cottage industry. And I think she has actually made elegance accessible and said to the average homemaker— Uh, male, female, whatever, somebody who wants to nest and, and make their home their castle, that it's doable and actually affordable. And
0: Martha, after all, is the woman who New York Magazine once called an emblematic figure of our times. And in our conversation today, we wanted to get a better sense of the woman behind the empire. Things like how on earth does she stay so productive? What motivates her?
1: I mean, she's incredible. I think she's got a new cookbook out, The Slow Cooker Cookbook, which is her 89th book. And we should mention, she's 76 years old. She looks amazing, but her energy I mean, she is indefatigable. And no
0: signs at all of slowing down. Just as ambitious as ever.
1: That's right. And her latest foray into the entertainment uh, world is a show with Snoop Dogg called Potluck Dinner, which is a bit of a double entendre, if you know what I, I mean. And Martha told us she came up with that name herself. Funny, funny, funny stuff, as Johnny Carson <laughs> might say. Anyway, here's our conversation. And please Ignore the chewing because we did enjoy some delicious apple crisp. I said that like Julia Child, didn't I? She Not did. like Martha. Delicious. delicious apple crisp. Here's our conversation with the one and only Martha Stewart. Brian, uh, your dream finally came true. We're sitting here with the one and only Martha Stewart. Not only Doing our podcast, but we're actually in Martha's office. I wanted you to be in
2: my office. You wanted to be in some dingy conference room someplace. (laughs)
1: No, we actually wanted to be on your farm in Bedford or your estate in Maine or your house in East Hampton. But this is much easier, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. I'd rather be in any of those places. We wanted to to spend the whole weekend with you. Oh, then you should have. We'll do that another time. Let's do a blog. That'd be great. A podcast. In real time. Wouldn't that be fun? Yes, a weekend podcast. Well,
1: tell us, though, about this office. It's very cool, very industrial, and very white.
2: Yes. Well, this this is the Starrett Lehigh Building, one of seven buildings in New York City that is one city block in size. And it was, at the time it was built in 1925, it was a storage warehouse building. And when I found this space, which was almost 20 years ago... This floor, the ninth floor, was about 100 different little, like, sweatshops. There was a letterpress. There were a lot of really loud industrial kinds of companies. Sweatshops, you said? Well, I call them sweatshops. And now just one big sweatshop. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was a dollar a square foot. That's what people, that was the rent.
1: So do you occupy a whole floor? We have
2: have the whole floor, uh, soon to be just the south side of the floor, and how many people? Um, work or right for now, you? it'll be about three hundred people on this floor. But we have satellite offices too for other ones. Of, um, I'm part of Sequential Brands Group now, right? And the Martha brand is now uh, licensed through Sequential. But um, it is. But we still do our TV shows, and we still do our various mm-hmm. uh, and sundry other appearances, and make all our products for Macy's and. And Home Depot and Michaels and you're not uh, slacking in other words. (laughs) I'm actually working harder now than I probably worked ten years ago. Although who knows? I mean, I don't keep track.
1: Before Brian interjects uh, and has a question, I just want to mention if people hear a little noise, I'm drinking a delicious. Martha Stewart Cappuccino. And that's a Martha coffee. Really? That's it's delicious. That's the same coffee
2: that we sell in our cafe down on the first floor. Did you see the cafe? I did. It was yeah. so cool.
1: What's it like walking into a building and seeing the Martha Stewart Cafe? I want the Katie Couric Cafe. Well, you should have one. <laughs> you
2: <laughs> sure. should have one. Can now, one buy building, the coffee? Uh, oh, yes. You can buy the coffee uh, downstairs at the cafe, nowhere else. And online. Oh, and online? Yes, Martha Stewart, Martha Stewart Cafe.com. Um, we're working on a whole line of these cafes now. Oh, really? Yeah, the whole team is down the hall working away today. People from all over the country are in today looking at and tasting uh, samples of uh, different things that we're going to be selling at so the cafes. So you're going to
1: give Howard Schultz a run for his money?
2: Um, it's a very different concept. It's a smaller footprint, uh, basically in office buildings like this one. this This building has, I think... Over 5,500 people working in it, and there was no cafe. Well, looking at this wall of Emmys that I'm staring at, I wouldn't bet (laughs) against you.
0: (laughs) But before we we delve into your bio, which is something we do on this show. You do? Uh Uh-oh. We do. We do. But before we go all the way back... I, it was interesting, you just mentioned your company being sold, and I think a lot of people remember that moment in 1999 when Martha Stewart Living, Omnimedia, went public, yep. and you served homemade brioche at the New York we Stock did, Exchange. <laughs> and, <laughs> and tell uh, us a little bit about the journey of the company since then, to the point that you're sort of selling it now, you're no longer well, listed. Well, list um,
2: that was the, probably one of the most exciting days in my life, except for the day that my daughter Alexis was born, uh, and maybe the day I got married, and then two days that my grandchildren were born. And maybe my cats and my dogs, but
1: uh, (laughs) it's the 16th (laughs) most exciting day of your life.
2: But I have a lot of I have a lot of pets, so this was a very (laughs) exciting day going public because I had worked really hard to build a superb company, Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia, and it was kind of a cutting edge company. And this was a company that actually took into consideration the internet the uh, television, the printed word, the media, as well as merchandising. So it was really, truly omnimedia. And we still are. We're still omnimedia. I love I love the idea of being omnimedia. And we uh, took ourselves away from um, publishing the magazine with Time, uh, Inc. Uh, we started publishing on our own. Uh, and that day, um, we went public at a, a share of, I think it was $18 a share, uh, which went up to about thirty-two dollars. I was a multi-billionaire at, the, at that day. It was so. Good day. And I Were drove you up, like wearing I'm the dro- money. <laughs> <laughs> I drove up Madison Avenue after after the long day, and I said, "I said, God, I can buy pretty much anything." Did you? No, I was so stupid. <laughs> I should have pay, I should have spent it all then because everything was much cheaper then than it is now. If and, you could
1: go back and to and that, I don't that day, have what much, would you have bought?
2: Well, I should have bought Coulda, Shoulda, Woulda, Coulda. That's a whole chapter in my autobiography, which I am penning right now. Ooh. Oh, so is Katie. And uh, you are making one too? I oh, am. good. I'm, oh, gonna, we're gonna, I'm not going to tell you anything else then because you'll, you'll copy me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Forget but it. Write that no gag, sister.
2: <laughs> no, but that Shoulda, Woulda, Coulda is, a, I'm sure it's a big chapter in your life too. And it's uh, one of those things that happens to everybody. I mean, you, I remember every single antique that I didn't buy at every single auction I went to from the time I was married in 1961. Can you imagine? And it
0: seemed too expensive at the time.
2: No, it just seemed, oh, I can't afford it or maybe it won't fit. I should have bought every <laughs> I should have been the biggest consumer, but I am a very frugal person, and Me I still—we have
1: that in common. Are you still? Oh my God! Still.
2: I know. And, and my daughter is more da- frugal than you are. And my you, daughter you, Alexis, <laughs> thank you, Brian, she points out all the time. Why don't you have your own airplane, Mom? Why don't you have your own yacht in the river? And you know, she she knows I could have had pretty much anything. I still, I, actually, I you've probably, done pretty well in the real yes. estate department, <laughs> and I, could I should probably say. still do some of those things. But I'm not an extravagant liver. I live simply, personally. Uh, although I do have, you know, I live on a farm of
1: I was 150 say, you have some acres. Pretty <laughs> nice houses, Martha.
2: I know, but it's simple. Yeah, I don't know. I,
0: I looked at your blog the last few days preparing for this interview, <laughs> and I thought, who lives like this? Maybe the Queen of England. Oh no, no, no! no. I think the Queen of England no. and Martha. No, it's unbelievable. I'm not faulting you. I don't have
2: a butler. You. Have a butler. The Queen you have has a many lot butlers. Of staff. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: anyway, well, I
1: think the thing about Martha is that you know i've always thought that you have made elegance accessible and i'm i think you predated sort of this whole notion of nesting and of making beautiful things and making a house a home and all that and I, what what made you realize that there was an appetite for that in this country well
2: i was brought up by a mother who really took the art of homemaking to the next level. She made everything. She sewed our clothes. She canned the tomatoes. She made a delicious meal three times a day for eight people. My mom was, a you know, she was a very good example to me of uh, wanting to elevate a simple life into a good, really good life, healthy life. And we were simple. I mean, we—I lived in a in a three bedroom house on Elm Place in Mutley, New, New Jersey, Jersey, which I go back to see sometimes. The yeah. so people almost had a heart attack when I knocked on the door the last time. <laughs> and did uh, you bring them some cookies uh, at least? No, I just went to say. I said, I, you know, I used to live here. They said, we you know you used to live here. here. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, and could I please
2: see my old bedroom, which I Aww. shared with my sister Kathy? And I would put Kathy on the right hand side of the bed, which had the nightlight where I could read. I would make her go to sleep on that side to warm the bed because we didn't keep the, we kept the house pretty cold you know saving fuel all that stuff um and so then i would drag her to her side of the bed <laughs> martha thing. was in charge even <laughs> yeah, then yeah, exactly. Well, she was six Poor years, six years <laughs> younger She's, she has not forgiven me believe me um and it sounds we, like
1: your your mom was like the ceo of the house
2: well she was she was pretty much my dad was the ceo of the garden And the fixer-upper of the place. Uh, And we had next-door neighbors. You could throw a stone and hit the next-door neighbor's door, you know. But we were friends with our neighbors. We um, had—it was a nice street. It was a very pleasant place to grow up.
0: And I think a lot of people imagine you're like this major wasp. Oh, I know. No,
2: I'm I'm a daughter of two Polish-American people. They were born here, but my grandparents, all four grandparents, were born in Poland. And they came to the United States on ships— and, you know, they. I could see the island where they landed right here in New York Harbor. And they uh, signed in and, two went to Buffalo, New York. My grandfather was a trained—and uh, my grandfather, Roskowski, my mother's father, was a trained iron uh, monger, uh, decorative iron work. And, uh, and my other—my father's family all moved to
1: Jersey City. I think about you because I know how close you were to your mom. Oh, yes. Like, yes. Unbel- Big Martha. Unbelievably close. Yes. And— and uh, did she ever come on the Today Show with me? You know, I, I th- don't know. I, I feel like I she might up. have, but I, I feel like I've met her definitely. Yeah. And I know you always spoke of her, and oh, it was yeah. really well, she sweet. She was a really great
2: mother, uh, and one of those mothers who had six kids, and every child was equal. No matter what, no matter what th- we, bad, bad things we did, we were all equal. Sounds and like that, my parents. And that was until the day she died. We were all equal. We were all around her bed when she died, and she died at ninety four and almost ninety four years old. So she's she had a great life, never sick. She just finally you know decided it was time.
1: How many years ago was that?
2: Uh, that was about I, I don't I don't remember things like years, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. Do you remember <laughs> things like years?
1: Well, I remember, Do you remember my mom dates? died. I do. My mom died three years ago on Labor Day. I remember everything and and so I remember everything, but not dates. (laughs) I (laughs) just I I think about my mom so much and I miss her so much. So I wondered if you felt the same way. Oh, I miss my
2: mother a lot, and I, I wonder. I wonder. You know, what would mother think about this or that? Um, I, I, think and about when calling her? Like, and I when did? I'm making a delicious meal, she would come over on Sundays, um, pretty much every Sunday from from Weston, Connecticut, where she lived with my sister, Laura. She would drive herself. And then when she got and past 90, I used to send somebody to pick her up. Um, and she would come to my house and eat the healthiest, delicious lunch. She had a great appetite. Uh, she would take a walk with me. Then we'd, she'd have a massage. I always got my masseur over for mom. Uh-huh. And uh, and we'd go to a movie, and she'd have a fabulous day. And uh, But she was a uh, I, – I, what I really loved about her was that egalitarian uh, attitude towards all of her children. And, so even uh, though
1: her daughter was rich and famous – the other five kids were just were as rich important and, and also. just as su- successful oh, yeah. in her eyes. Yeah.
0: So it occurred to me, as we were preparing for this, that you know you were a model early in your career. You yes. were a stockbroker for several years. And you didn't really become, quote, Martha Stewart until you were in your 40s. Oh, yeah. I was
2: a late bloomer. Well,
0: just like Mar- Julia Child. <laughs> Actually, that's who it reminded me
2: of. Yeah. I was a late bloomer. And my gynecologist... Even called
0: me
3: there.
2: No, no, no. no. He even called me a late bloomer. He said, "Oh, in what context?" Just said that I was a Um, late bloomer in terms of my in terms of my uh, business life. uh. And isn't that funny that that your doctor would call you a late bloomer? I thought it was great. It's like 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 my gardener calling me a late bloomer.
1: (laughs) So, um, so when your first book came out. Well, Well, I Martha didn't really answer the earlier question though, which is. How did you know that this was a really potentially huge market for what you okay, were selling? Well,
2: after being a stockbroker
1: and and working with people's money, I then
2: retired uh, to Westport, and I did was started of looking around for what you were doing. To do. A catering business. Well, then right? I started a catering business with a friend called Norma Collier. And she was a famous model at the time, and she wanted to have a business too. So we started this catering business, uh, dealing with people's appetites, other than their and I not their pocketbooks really, but the same thing. And they were very similar. I mean, people could be real nasty or real nice, uh, money or appetite. And then Norma had to retire early because she, it was way too hard the work. And I liked the physical labor. I liked the building a restaurant every night. And then breaking it down and cleaning the cars. I mean, believe me, I'm a glutton for punishment.
1: You're a worker bee. I am.
2: I am a worker bee. I was just brought up like that. But um, I realized that the art of homemaking really and truly had not been celebrated in an appropriate way. And I thought of my mother all the time. Here's this fabulous woman who was also a very hard worker, but she hadn't been celebrated as a homemaker. And uh, to be able to raise the kids, on, they were making. When my, when my mother wasn't teaching, my father was working, they were living on a salary of about 11000 a year and this is a long time ago, but still, that's very little money to manage. That's why the garden was Six so big. kids. Yeah. That's why the garden was so big. That's why the clothing was made by hand. The sewing machine was always busy. Mom didn't get very many hours of sleep. You know, the whole thing. And we were not poor. We did not consider ourselves poor in any way. So when did you realize that
0: this thing you were doing, that homemaking and cooking and sewing and gardening could become a business empire. Well,
2: I started writing books in 1982, and I'm, I'm sure you have my entertaining
1: book, here I do. Because I probably
2: gave and it I to you. And I actually
1: still remember the pretty picture of you on the cover. Your hair was long, yeah. and I think it was maybe in a half updo uh, or something. And, and, and I had a white and, dress and I rem- on. Yes, and I remember your basket weave. Um, Frosting, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that in there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think I I, read that before I I got married.
2: (laughs) I started to write books because I started started to realize that my friends were just like me. We all needed some encouragement to entertain better. We needed better recipes that could be done that weren't too complicated. And there were no, at that time, 1982, very few illustrated cookbooks. And I, you know, I consider myself... That sounds crazy. Yeah, I know. But I considered myself kind of a really good cook at the time. And so I wrote this book, Entertaining. And um, my publisher, I remember saying, if you sell 10,000 copies, you should be happy. I said... I know twenty-five thousand people who will buy this book because I had been catering for a while, and I had all Sotheby's clients. I had uh, the museums in New York hired my me for my services. I did parties at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. How many I, copies did it sell? Oh, it's uh, it's way way over a million copies. So um, I I don't know the latest. I haven't yeah. I, I should I should know the exact number, but um, <laughs>
1: you don't wake up in the morning and but say, let's look and see I'm how sure many copies. I'm sure it's I'm sure I'm sure it's way over a million. Because new by copies. the way, that was for the first of what over a hundred cookbooks. Well, we're up
2: to we're up to ninety now. Wow! And uh, we just published here. This is their. I know that's you've our, got a new
1: one called Slow Cooker. That's which our eighty
2: ninth, and then the Newlywed Cookbooks coming out very shortly, and that will be our ninetieth. And then Martha's Flowers comes out in February. Oh, I'm which excited is, about yeah, that. Yeah. So does
1: that teach you how to arrange flowers? How to
2: grow and arrange. It's growing, enjoying, and arranging. I love flowers. flowers. What's like, your
1: favorite flower?
2: I like fragrant flowers. I like lilacs.
1: Oh, I love lilacs. I
2: like tulips. I like roses. Don't you I like, like peonies. I love peonies.
1: You know, I, so. I love peonies, but I feel like they have become everybody's favorite flowers, so that makes oh, me not like them no, as much. But don't don't feel like that. <laughs> now you know what I'm into, Martha? Well, obviously hydrangeas. I don't know. My hydrangeas were on steroids. <gasps> I know. They needed a bikini was, wax no, but, this year.
2: <laughs> This was the <laughs> best the
1: <laughs> year for hydrangeas, right? Oh, my God. Like apples,
2: like apple it trees. It was crazy. Oh, but so I'm really into
1: dahlias right now. Oh, dahlias are fabulous. They're so pretty. And, they're so uh, gigantic. I like dahlias yeah. and zinnias. I think yeah, they're
0: pretty, together. Yeah, they're, pretty. Pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. they're yeah. pretty. Oh, Brian. Anyway, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Every now and then I can surprise you.
1: It's time to take a quick break. We'll be back with more surprises and more Martha right after this. This season, Crate and Barrel wants you to play matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match with your gifts, that is. Good design becomes great design when it's in the hands of the right person. No more random gifts. These are matches just waiting to be made. The host you know with the most? There's a platter designed for them. Someone else on your list into entertaining? We've got glasses for that. There's even a set of spoons perfectly crafted for your next dinner date. Match them up with the right person and you've done something truly gifted. These gifts were designed with you and yours in mind, so find the ones that were made for each other. Crate and barrel.
3: When it comes to meat, quality makes a huge difference in texture and taste. And even though it might be better for you and the environment, a lot of the higher quality meat you find at the grocery store is just too expensive for most people's budget. get two pounds of ground beef and two packs of bacon absolutely free, $20 off your first box when you visit ButcherBox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout. That's ButcherBox.com slash iHeart or use the promo code iHeart at checkout.
1: And now back to our conversation with the one and only Martha Stewart. You're so incredibly
0: productive. All these books and TV shows and magazines and I read you only need 4 to 5 hours of sleep per night. Can you walk us through a typical Martha
2: day? I mean, what what did you do today, for example? No, today's today's like New York, so that's not so interesting. Yesterday was a good day. Okay. Okay, so yesterday I I have I don't have live-in help, but I do require that my housekeeper or keepers, sometimes I have two, come in at seven. So I can't be in bed if my housekeeper comes. I just don't do that, so I get I'm up before they're up, and I take um, the covers off the bird cages, and uh, I have um, red factor canaries in my house. They're beautiful, and they're singing. And then I have three cats and five dogs. Is this in Bedford? Yeah, Bedford, yeah. and uh, where I live most of the time. I, commu- uh-huh. I commute to New York, and so um, they're they're all kind of semi taken care of by the time the housekeeper comes on a Sunday. I only have one housekeeper. And I have a, a driver who, who also comes.
0: I read somewhere you have four drivers.
2: Well, yeah, but not all at the same time. No, no, I know. But, but I my days are so my days are, are yeah. so long, and you uh-huh. can only they can only they work forty hours a week, yeah. and they can't be tired. So yeah. uh, that's why. All right, but um, but it's, <laughs> Brian's just jealous. But I'm totally <laughs> jealous.
0: <laughs> all right, so we've we've taken so, care of the birds. So what yeah, else? so then,
2: um, and so then, I I make breakfast for everybody. So I eggs. make the cappuccinos for everybody.
0: Because the eggs come from your chickens, right? Yes. Yes. You have many oh, oh, chickens. Oh, no. We had salmon
2: for breakfast. Oh. Because some, a friend had sent me two beautiful big salmons, uh, line-caught salmons from Alaska last week. And I had to eat them. So I poached salmon. Right. I'm, I'm doing I, I'm doing a little blog on that, on how to poach a salmon. And it's, oh, it's some pretty pictures. And so I photographed the the blog, and Did you I make like um, a remoulade with the salmon. No, or? no, I'm just, we just eat it with lemon juice. Oh, it's so it's very tasty. Healthy, yeah, you know. it's, yeah, no, like very, yogurt,
1: cucumber, sauce no, nothing, or dill. nothing for
2: breakfast. That's this is breakfast. Oh, sorry. And then for lunch, uh, <laughs> lunch <and> so <laughs> my then, bad. so then after that, I and my green juice. We have green juice every morning. Everybody drinks green juice because it's like power. So what do you put in your green? So drink? it's spinach, celery, uh, parsley, mint. Maybe a piece of fruit of some sort, like a pear. A green pear is good. Um, a piece of melon or a piece of papaya or a mango, whatever. Uh, it's very good juice. Everybody Sounds wants the juice. Sounds delicious. Actually, okay, so, gone so we drink that. Yeah. Then I went on a horseback ride, and that was at ten o'clock. I was ready for the horseback ride after doing, you know, getting make sure everybody's doing stuff. And you have
0: lots of horses.
2: And I have six horses. And so yesterday, I rode Rins and my uh, and my horse groom, Sarah. She rode Ramon, and we went off property. And uh, two and a half hours later, came home. I was dying. Two two and a half hours is a long horseback ride. Yeah. And we were doing a lot of trotting, and that uh, we, d- we went down Maple mm-hmm. Avenue and through the woods. And B- Bedford has a has a uh, series of uh, bridal trails, about three hundred miles. Wow! So you can get lost, you can have a good time. You can Doesn't go Ralph
1: Lauren live up there too? Yeah, he lives next door to me. Oh, we're like, hey, Ralph. Hey, yeah. Martha. Hi, Ralph.
2: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yes. As you're dry- riding by, I'm, your I'm, horse. The,
2: I'm the farmette to Ralph's estate. I'm the farmette. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, very wow. Modest. Yes, yeah. the, mod- the modest farm next to Ralph. Yeah, with the six uh, horses. No, we have a okay. very nice neighborhood. And then, oh, I should have told you. Then, then on, I'll tell you about Friday night afterward. But and then I came back from the horseback ride. I made the lunch, so I sautéed some onions from the garden, fresh onions, and some red and yellow peppers, and I made a frittata a delicious frittata studded with little dots of cream cheese, which I like in a frittata. I don't know why, but I just like it. And I, we had little cheese puffs that were left over from Friday night's supper, and that was and a salad of dark red and green lettuce, um, was Friday Night
0: Supper the one that was on the blog? Yes. With did the you chefs. See it? I did, but oh, you should tell our listeners I will. about it.
2: And then, I, mean, I didn't finish my day, though. Then, oh, sorry. Sorry. Then
1: <laughs> Wait, I, can I just uh, interrupt and ask a question? How many people did you prepare lunch for? And did you have house guests? Uh, or? No, no. It was just,
2: just the people who were hanging around, you know, yeah. work, working around the place. So uh, Carlos can I have and a job? Emma and, <laughs> and um, Frank and who else was there yesterday? Uh, Dawa. Then we made fifty gallons of apple cider. Oh, would you bring some of that apple cider over here? Fifty yeah. gallons of this.
1: Wow. wow! And you know how hard it is to crush <laughs> the apples. <laughs> it's delicious. I went apple picking. I'll just take, one take, sip. take a sip. It's so good. Oh, that's really good. What apple kind of cider? apples uh, hmm. did you use? Who knows.
2: On my property, we must have 50 varieties of apples. That is so delicious. That's wonderful. It's the best apple cider I've ever had. No, we we, we compare it to other ciders. It's amazing. I think it's really good. What makes it so good? Just the variety of apples, I think. Um, So we did that. And while they were doing that, I... Shucked and scraped the corn off about maybe sixty ears of corn, and I, sa- <laughs> I sautéed all the kernels in a little bit of butter with some some um, water, and then I froze. I think I froze ten quarts of corn kernels. Wow! And then I made a great uh, pot of uh, from again. There's so many tomatoes. I made a great pot of tomato soup, just tomatoes and onions. Just threw them all in this giant pot. And cooked and cooked and cooked until and then, then I put it through the food it? mill. Oh, no, through food the mill. food mill. Yeah, so you get all the seeds and skins yeah. out. Yeah. I think we made eight quarts of tomato soup. This and is then, your relaxing Sunday. This is, my Sunday. This Sunday. is, a, this is then a Netflix I went, and chill. Oh, then I went. Oh, my <laughs> friend called, Memory. My friend Memory called and said, you have to go see this garden. It's on the Open Days in Greenwich. Open Days is the Garden Conservancy, mm-hmm. uh, which is a very fantastic organization I belong to. that, And people who belong open their gardens to other gardeners. So I went to see Mr. Landman's garden in Greenwich which is incredible 15 acre garden made me sick because uh, cuz if i feel <laughs> you jealous you mean you were
0: happy for him <laughs>
2: no, when, no when i when i get jealous uh, the only time i'm ever jealous is it's not envy it's just jealous i uh it's anyway his garden is so beautiful then i went to see my friend memory who was lying in bed because she had a cut on her leg. Who knows? And then I <laughs> I left there. I got in a bad mood because she was in bed. And then I went home and I went, we searched for my missing peacocks. We're always missing two peacocks. They were out eating with the, um, <laughs> this is a busy day. It, it is, is a busy a day. It sounds it's fun though. Yeah, it is fun. The peacocks are hanging out with the wild turkeys now. There's a gang of five wild male turkeys and my two male peacocks that I allow out of their enclosure uh, they have kind of be befriended the wild turkeys. And there, I have pictures Is there any of them.
1: nookie going on, though? <laughs> no, the no, are no. are saying the peacocks are Oh, nails. sorry. No, oh, sorry. A, it could be boys. gay peacocks.
2: <laughs> a band of boys. <laughs> and uh, see we could talk forever. I mean, yeah. you don't know. These are so silly. I hope this is not boring to you. No, it's not boring. It's actually no, we just fun. Have a lot but to cover. clearly
1: you love you love. I went to get the massage. I went you to get the massage. Chinese
2: reflexology and mouth. I'm glad Kisco. you did
1: something where you weren't. I did being productive.
2: That. Then I went home and I did a little bit more cooking, but I had a column due this morning, so I had to work on my column on the restoration of furniture. So I had to write that. And then I went and watched the Emmys. Thank God the Emmys were on because I had such a good time watching the Emmys. And that relaxed me. And that's that was my day. See, that's a Sunday. So speaking of Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well,
1: because that was the Alec topic Baldwin, of the Emmys. he
2: absolutely should have
1: won. And, and by he, the way, didn't Alec look good last night? Oh, he looked so good. I, I thought he looked so I handsome. I saw him at tennis a couple so weeks did ago. Hilarious. And he looked great. Yeah, looked we were all, all at tennis yeah, at the same right. night. That's right, that's yeah. right.
2: You were there. And uh, that was a fun night. And, really fun. Uh, opening night of uh, the, the U.S. Open. Um, but
0: can I ask you about him seriously? Because yeah. after... Um, well, there's another topic, but uh, after your release from prison, you did Martha Stewart, The Apprentice, or The Apprentice, Martha Stewart. Yeah, in
2: this office. It was right here in this office. We built their bedrooms here, their kitchens. The whole thing was the most monstrous production you have ever seen. And Donald Trump was the executive producer of it. Well, yes, one with Mark Burnett. And Mark Burnett promised me when I agreed to do it that I— would fire Donald at the end of my show. That Donald. You were going to replace him? Yes. And Donald did not want to be <laughs> replaced by the time. And of course, and had that happened, he maligned my president. I know he maligned my show so badly. Yeah, he was nasty, oh, wasn't he? Well, no. I, who knows why he wanted to? He wanted to stay on TV. He had, he had, you know, he drank the Kool Aid, and he loved it so much. My show did really well in Europe, and it did really well in uh, Japan. But, um, but the ratings in America were not as good as Donald's ratings, but I wasn't as outrageous as Donald either. I think people like outrage, and um, as you know, after this whole year. Um, and so, so, but he, but we, we remained uh, on a sem- semi cordial
0: and, and what did you learn about him
2: from working with him? Uh, well, he had very little to do with my show. What did you learn about him from what he said about you around the show? Um, I was not happy, and uh, my daughter. He said nasty things about my daughter, and she was on the radio at the time. He was, and she was on The Apprentice for a little bit, and uh, I did not like that, I and mean, none of us did. And it was not nice. I would never say anything untoward of his about his children. You don't talk about people's children, but he does.
0: How do you think he's doing as president?
2: Do we have to really get there? <laughs> um, I was not. I was not. Uh, I'm not happy uh, at the state of things at all. You were a big Hillary Clinton supporter. I was a supporter. Did yes. you have you read her new book yet? Martha? No, I haven't. I've, I've listened to many of the interviews. And
1: have you have you interviewed I, her I yet? I haven't interviewed her. We're hoping the, to get her on our podcast. Oh, you um, should. You know, you should. I've known her. I did her first interview when she became first lady in the early. 90s, I remember. And, I remember. Uh, and I saw her in East Hampton. She was walking on
2: Lily Pond Lane the other day. Really? Yeah. And, and I was walking my dogs, and she. I bumped in. I I, I saw the the black vans first, and I thought, <laughs> Oh God, who's coming? And it was Hillary. Was <laughs> she alone? Uh, no, she was with a, a friend, Liz Robbins. Oh. And uh, we talked for quite a while, standing there in the middle of the street, and uh, and she looked well, and she told me her book was just about to be released. It was right I guess it was a week before her book came out and um so I haven't read it yet but um but she has to speak out she has to say what she said and uh and you know it's uh, it's too bad
1: she's really damned if she does damned if she oh, doesn't yes. i mean i have been I've been i guess not surprised, but it's still I'm always taken aback at the vitriol and hatred that is directed at her and you know I well, today I saw Bernie Sanders on Morning Joe.
2: Now, he was, I don't know if he was on there, or they were just, they were just uh, showing film of Bernie. Nobody has pointed out, Bernie saying, oh, I did so much to support Hillary. Does, why isn't anybody pointing out that Bernie Sanders lost the election? Well, a lot
0: of his supporters are kind of of the view that she stole it with the superdelegates, and nothing could be more wrong. She actually beat him 55 to 43 percent, in terms of the popular vote oh, in yes. the primaries, yes, but that's not the uh, that's not the approach.
2: But that, he he really disturbed the election by
1: being the third candidate, Bernie Sanders. And I never felt as if he really supported her fully. If, no, he did not. All those shots of her at, uh, of Bernie at the convention, he looked like he'd been sucking on a lemon, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. he did not look particularly pleased or. Supportive. I mean, well, I wouldn't my want theory, my supporters she, to look if like that. She, <laughs>
2: if she had put him on the ballot as the vice president, that would have helped a lot. So you've
0: been on the receiving end of some sexist treatment and behavior. How big of a role do you think sexism played in the election last year?
2: Uh, a lot. A lot, obviously.
1: I think people still are not comfortable. Not all, not all people, but many people are still uncomfortable with the notion of a woman in power. Very much so. I'm right. sure you've dealt with that. Oh, of course. But, um, but I'm
2: strong enough to sort of brush it off. And, and when you're running for president, it's pretty hard just to brush it off. Although I probably would have behaved a lot differently than Hillary did on those debate stages. What would you have done? Told him to get lost. I mean, she is. He was calling her names, and she wasn't calling him names. Call him some names, really? I don't know. Do, do, you can't, her decorum did not. She didn't. I don't think people have to be so decorous to ugly people.
0: What's the uh, What's the old line about? You get into a mud pit with a pig, and the pig's going <laughs> to win.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you the one thing. Uh, uh, many questions we had, Martha, is, uh, and I, I don't think you've talked about it that much. Is You know, I look at you and everything you've accomplished, and then you had this moment in your life when you were in prison. And I imagine in my mind's eye what that was— I call it Yale. I went
2: to (laughs) Yale for five months.
1: (laughs) I read a lot. I learned a lot. And what was that like for you? I mean, was that sort of like— It was horrifying.
2: It was horrifying, and no one, no one should have to go through that kind of indignity. Really, except for murderers and, and, you know, there are a few other categories. But no one should have to go through that. It's a very, very awful thing.
1: Having and said that, I mean, was it a growth experience in any way? I know that you what, reached what out to a lot of the other, other women. That, and I mean, it
2: can make lemons out of lemonade and what, what, um, what hurts you makes you stronger. No, none of those adages fit at all. It's a horrible experience. Nothing is good about it. Nothing.
1: What was was so horrible about it?
2: Oh, being taken away from your family, uh, being maligned, being treated the way you were treated. It's horrible. Um, And uh, especially when one does not feel one deserves such a thing. I mean, I was not a bad person.
0: Well, I think a lot of people were under the misconception that you were convicted
2: of insider trading. You were, you were not. I wasn't even accused of insider trading. But I don't want to get into that either. I mean, it's just like, like, and one thing I do not ever want is to be um, identified, or, or, or I don't want that to be the, the the major thing of my life. It's just not. It's just not fair. But. Um, but it's not a good experience and it doesn't make you stronger. I was a strong person to start with, and thank heavens I was. And I can still hold my head up high and know that I'm
1: fine. Did you get to know any of your fellow inmates and what oh, was I that did. like? Oh, and I did. I know you helped them with certain things and, well, I've and tried. did you become friendly with them? Um
2: uh, no, I not really friendly, I wouldn't say that, as much as I try I've tried to help uh, certain of them. Um, I there are uh, lots and lots of odd stories and disturbing things that go on in a, in a incarceration like that. Even
1: a minimum security facility.
2: Uh, well, you couldn't walk—minimum you know, security, you still couldn't walk out the gate, mm-hmm. you know, or across the river. Um, it was—there's um, still guards, and there's still, it's still nasty, and it's still—but but, that's—America that's, has so many people in prison— you go to Finland and there's about I think there's like a hundred people in prison in Finland or some tiny number. Uh they don't believe in, in that kind of uh incarceration. Uh and I don't think we should have the numbers of people in prison. And the most of the women that were in this in, in this institution were there because of the New York state drug laws. And now we have legalized marijuana in seven states, I think it is. Uh that's Incredible. And those and people who had a few ounces of marijuana on them and are in there for 20 years, it just
1: doesn't make sense. Do some of those people get to be released as, as a result? I know that they there hope. was There's a big movement yeah, with, but, with and, President Obama to change sort of minimum uh, not mandatories. Much, not and, much was done. Uh, not, not enough was done.
0: So on a happier note, you've had this friendship with Snoop Dogg that I think has uh, surprised and delighted some of your some of your fans. More just surprised others of your oh, no, fans.
2: People people seem to really like our potluck dinner party. Uh, which <laughs> no really double entendre is. there, right? Yeah. No, there. Of course, there's a double. Entendre. I was being sarcastic, yeah. Martha. <laughs> that was my name. I came up with that name. You did. I this did. Very That's good. My name.
0: Uh-huh. How I did had- you two get
2: to know each other? The green. We had the green meal. We had all kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, funny names. Uh, well, he was on my show a couple times, and he was always just a pleasant guest. Yeah. And fun. And made people, and and the response was always good. Did you get a contact
1: high from the green room oh, after he came? Oh, not in New York. He didn't. Uh, he didn't partake in any. any he was about, on my my show once, and honestly, partaking. I opened the door, and it oh. was like one of those cartoons where the smoke just billowed out. <laughs> I think. I think.
2: I, I don't. I think that's probably why he doesn't come to New York very much because he's not free to just. That's true. This was in California. Up. Yeah. Oh no, California. Oh, and then. Um, and then you go to then um, we did the Justin Bieber roast together, and that was the that which was, is hilarious yes, for anybody who hasn't it was, seen it. It God. was hilarious, and there I did get a contact high, sitting next to him for four hours on Literally, the stage. Literally, got a contact high. Oh, you couldn't help it. I mean, he had these. You know, he was smoking for four hours, <laughs> right next impressive. to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so are uh, you so having fun
1: doing the show with him? Yeah, it really
2: is fun, and it's um, I call it a melding of cultures. I mean, here's uh, Compton and Nutley, I mean, probably, not so, <laughs> probably not so different way down under. I met his mother. He brought his mother to the show. She's a lovely lady, um, very intelligent, very well-spoken. Uh, he had other family members there. I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting situation. And then we have these great guests. And we cook, and he's a fun cook. He, and he is his uncle Rio, who is this jovial um, um, very fancily dressed um, gentleman who wears very jazzy clothes, you know, spats and gold suits and whatever, and hats. and uh, Anyway, Uncle Rio um, kind of creates all the recipes for Snoop. And my my straight lace team of, of Thomas Joseph and uh, and the rest of the kitchen
1: here they they're they're all like in their vineyard at, vine, but right, it's fun. Working. I mean, it's fun. I think what's so great about you you you're always reinventing yourself. You're always change is good.
2: That's one of my mottos. Change is good. And when you're through changing, you're through in my book. So uh, and you've done that. You've yeah. changed. You've changed so nicely and evolved. <laughs> And um, I've tried, you um, know, but you do. You do. You're you're uh, you're prettier now than you were when I first met you,
1: Aww. by the way. Thank you. Martha. And uh, <laughs> yes, I think it's because I had such a fat face when I was younger and aging makes you kind of hollow out a little bit, but I had enough excess that I don't look gaunt. No, you do just not look, look, now look gaunt. I just look normal. Right, you look great. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I think all of that is uh, is good and um, and it's been uh, it's been interesting to also challenge myself. I I mean, it's hard to go on stage with Jamie Foxx and um, Puff Daddy or P. Jitty or whatever his name is now and uh Usher and all those guys and and uh little Yachty and It's extraordinary, the talent that comes on our show. Really amazing talent.
1: Yeah, that's fun. And meanwhile, um, as a business person, I'm curious, as a hugely successful woman in business, what do you think are the most important lessons you've learned along the way? Because I don't know, I'm at the point in my career that I want to mentor more young women. And so what would you tell them?
2: Well, it's, um, it's all about having ideas, Having energy to grow those ideas into something um, and having uh, the the wherewithal, whether it be personal or borrowed or education, to build something of lasting value. And I think just my library of books is of lasting value. Uh, Many of the other things that I've done also, I think, uh, will have a a lasting value value. Uh, building a brand is uh, is interesting, but it's unless it's a really good brand and has a wide audience, uh, what the heck? I'm not a Bill Gates. I didn't I didn't invent software. I wish I had, but in the meantime I utilize what's available and and learning how to use what's new and different has made a big difference in my business. What and do you mean? I think do you, well, mean learning, evolving. you know, when I started my business, the internet was a baby. Uh, and, but I had a computer. I learned how to use that computer. I learned how to, 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 uh, write and, and, uh, and use, uh, the internet to do research, to do all of the things. Now, social media is another challenge for all of us. How do we, how do we maneuver and, and, uh, and uh, and negotiate social media to make a difference without wasting a tremendous amount of time doing so. So uh, a lot You're of you are always people, open to yeah. To I'm open th- to new ideas and to and to. Uh, I was I am one of the early adopters of the computer, believe it or not. I mean, isn't that crazy? But I am. And uh, 1982, I got my first computer. When did you get your computer? Were you born yet? 1982. I was born. I was born. I was just
0: born. <laughs> When did I get my first computer? I think it was in the late eighties at some point. I got before, mine, I think you. in the
1: early nineties. Well, when I oh no, yeah. I think in the early or even late eighties well, when the I was a reporter. Was, yeah. Broadcasting wasn't using computers. No, when we I were started using the electric typewriters.
2: In nineteen ninety one, we we were the first magazine to design on an apple. And uh, that's, I I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that we were doing it in the new and different way. It was no cutting and pasting on big tables. So it's a, it's that, so making use of what's available, currently available is very important to me.
1: My dad used to say that you really had to stay on top of this ever-changing world, and yes. I think now more than ever, oh yes, it's a good thing, as oh, you yes. would say, Martha. By the way, do you remember when I gave you the Matrix Award? I do. So I, <laughs> you know, I worked so hard on this poem, and I have to just repeat the first the couple Award, of verses. Matrix Award, by the way, is for women. Women in the and Earth. communications, yes. in the American, and Martha yeah. was, of course, so deserving. I remembered I, I was terrified because the dais was full of very impressive women that year of course you, and then Whoopi Goldberg, and I think Amy Tan, and Ann Richards, and all these people, but I was, Whoopi went before me, and I was like, oh, I'm I'm screwed, (laughs) because she's so funny and relaxed, and I was a nervous wreck, but I had worked really hard on a poem for Martha, and it went like this, Martha, dear Martha, what should I do? These people have asked me to introduce you, I haven't eaten. I haven't slept. Talk about making a girl feel inept. Anything <laughs> I can do, you can do better. Dipping a candle, knitting a sweater, a room needs repainting. You'll make it sing with Robin's egg blue because it's a good thing. And only a woman who's in your position makes a gingerbread house This air conditioned. Marzi marzipan, cocoa, ventu, bruschetta, pancetta is not all you can do. Your holiday meals are a feast for the eyes. Why can't you use stovetop and Mrs. Smith's pies? Anyway, it went on and on <laughs> and like and that. Because she didn't this without read this. reading. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Katie, why do you know this by heart? Well, you know what? I think What else I, do you know by heart, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> I worked so hard on this, oh, and it was so, so much fabulous. fun to do. And I was so honored to be asked to present it to you. Um, so that's one of my, my favorite poems. Because I my dad said I write. My dad used to say, I write doggerel, not poetry. Um,
0: (laughs) By the way, before we go, we have a listener voicemail question. We have a listener who called in with a question for Martha.
1: Okay. Hi, I'm calling from St. Pete, Florida, where I'm reading Martha Stewart living by the light of a lantern because I'm still without power. But I've always been curious about whether or not Martha Stewart has ever done something she shouldn't have done, like stood up on a chair instead of a ladder, or (laughs) didn't wear the safety glasses she was supposed to. She's taught us all how to do things right, but I'm just wondering about where she's made some goofs that taught her a lesson. (laughs) Be well. Bye-bye.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's a good one. What's your biggest (laughs) screw-up? Oh, my biggest screw-up was uh, riding under the branch of a tree on my giant horse and getting knocked off, because I thought I could bend backwards under it. That was a stupid thing because then I broke my arm. Ow! Yeah. But,
1: but were there any other things where Well, less- no. When I
2: mean, she says standing on a ch- uh, chair instead of a ladder, um, I would never do that <laughs> because I have taught everyone... I mean, you know, as, a, as an employer of people, you have to teach good lessons. So I'm very strict about having a ladder available in most places so that if you have to reach a high shelf, you step on a ladder... Um, In in the garden, they must wear their earmuffs when they're using loud machinery. Uh, They have to have safety lessons for chainsaws because I know how. I know how to use chainsaws. I mean, I really do practice good, healthy living. Well,
1: or either that or you're control free,
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no! I practice safety good pra- first. Safety good practices. First. Well, no, you know, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a nerd. Nut, nudge about it, but I'm serious about but it. But you're so, um, you're so good at everything. It, it's, it's and quite I gave annoying. a big gift to the emergency room, both in Westport and in and in Mount Kisco, just in case. Just in
1: case they're they're always taken care of. <laughs> but what is the biggest? Have you ever screwed something up terribly? Please tell me you have. Like, of what is course. the biggest? you messed I screwed messed up, up my marriage
2: by being a caterer. Really? Probably.
1: Are or do you, you know, I think about you Or not thinking
2: that I was attractive enough or something
3: like that.
1: I, I see you at some social events where our, our paths have crossed on a number of occasions and you never remarried. I have not. Um, I are screwed you, that up. Are you sorry about I that? I could have married the next guy or the next
2: guy, but I didn't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not unhappy about that. I don't. I, and now when I see some of my friends with their husbands, it's, I'm so happy that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are they are they unhappy, and that makes you happy that you're not unhappy, or do you just feel like, ugh, who needs it?
2: No, none of the above. When Mister Wright
1: comes along, I'll marry him. Are you still open to to of dating? Course. How do I have someone? Vibrant like, woman, you are, and you're beautiful. How does somebody? <laughs> do you go to match? Or do you go on Match.com or? I like did that. J-Date. Remember
2: I did that? Oh, you, oh you that's in, right. You went on yeah, Match.com imagine, on the Today, the Today, Today show. show.
1: Can you imagine? The algorithm just doesn't fit me. It doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could go to on farmers.com. Maybe. That might be a match made in heaven, Martha. They could help you with your garden, my farm. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't want I want I want
2: them I don't want them to help me with my farm. I She's want It's
0: not going to be hoeing on farmers.com. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Couldn't resist. <laughs> Oh, Brian! She All right, we have to funny. talk about your new cookbook yes. before we go yes. because it's your 89th. Is that yep. right, Martha? Martha Stewart and I, we slow laugh, cooker. We laugh because in the intro you said you'd never really used a slow cooker before, but you knew that they were really popular. Yes, and so, they are now. Isn't this what people used to call a crock pot?
2: Yeah, this is the evolution of a crock pot, and um, and it is so good. The food is so delicious. And this book, we we set out with no holds barred and no preconceptions because it's not just dump a bunch of meat and vegetables in a pot and add some water and turn it on and go. And like to work. cream of mushroom soup? No, no, <laughs> it isn't any of that. So you can make savory, you can make sweet, you can make cinnamon buns, you can make apple crisp. In we fact, made you, you made apple crisp. We made crisp. You an apple crisp from Gianna, my from to to my Stir apples. some of that.
1: Our producer Gianna is standing uh, next to bring the, over the three the place the for some reason. There's only two with, of everything. <laughs> I don't think Brian. I don't think <laughs> no, they no, knew I'm not coming. It.
0: No, it's okay. I'm not. You can share it with. You I'll it it. Kate, It's yeah. fine.
1: Anyway, so you had? Did you have fun making this this uh, cookbook as usual? So much fun. I, I mean, I'm excited because I have to walk
2: a few miles a day back and forth from the kitchens here. This, this is a block <laughs> long, a long block, 11th to 12th Avenue. But to to eat all this food here, give that to Katie.
0: Oh, my God, Here. it looks incredible. It's wow. like an apple crisp. And this with, is an uh, apple looks looks cranberry cream. Because I just
1: picked so it's many apple apples. Cranberry. I'm looking for something to do with and my apples. It am. smells Here, incredible. One. Here, Brian. Well, you take a bite. Then. Take, I'll take a taste. A okay. Okay. That is so good. And it's the apples. See, fresh apples. The apples are delicious. Here, I'm going to here. give that to Martha. No, no, no. Here, you have that. No, no, here, that. I, no. no oh, Brian and I can share, I, care, I,
0: I need no, some on no, this one.
2: More than enough, Martha. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh Brian my God. And I you guys share. have some, too. There's a whole crockpot. Oh, that's, that's delicious. Right? Did you put
1: this, cranberries in it yes, also?
2: Yeah, dried cranberries. And now... Um, that's amazing.
1: Isn't that good?
2: Wow. Not dried. I take it back. It's fresh cranberries. So basically...
1: Katie, this is the best
0: interview we've ever
1: done. I know. I know we, this and no one we else us well, When we went to Ina's,
3: um, oh yeah, she Ina cooked
1: for us too. Made us uh, these really delicious scrambled eggs that with were truffles. cooked so slowly with truffle butter mm. and a brioche toast. You went go good back a,
0: a long way. Oh yeah, when
2: I bought my house in, in um, East Hampton, Ina w- had still had the Barefoot Contessa shop of, um, uh, in town, and uh, we became friends. And I started her TV show. Did you know that? Well, I knew that. Did she tell you
0: that? She said that you were a, an she important She
2: forgot manager. that I started her television. <laughs> no, program. she
0: gave you great Actually, credit. Actually, I
1: think she did mention that, Martha.
0: Yep. She said that you wrote the introduction to her first cookbook and I you were did. enormously helpful to her. Yep. So we have a lightning round. You okay. Want to do
1: that? Yeah. But I was going to ask Martha about what Ina said how oh, she couldn't understand if somebody who didn't cook, why they would watch her show. But Brian and I were saying, we love to watch cooking shows because even if we're not cooking whatever's being made, you learn and they're so relaxing. Yeah. There's something, they're kind of hypnotic in and a then way. You go, go eat. Yeah. You get hungry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These apples are delicious. They are delicious. This yes. whole thing is super yummy. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. while I eat, Brian, why don't you start the lightning round okay. with Martha?
0: You're making a simple dinner at home just for you. What are you cooking?
2: Well, because I have so many eggs, um, I will oftentimes make something out of the eggs. But I will also uh, just bake a fresh potato that's just freshly dug. I love baked potatoes. And um, what do you put on it? Um, just, just butter and sour cream or creme fraiche. So good. Um, and lots of chopped herbs. Um, I will um, cook a whole head of cauliflower or broccoli because I love that, too. I'm healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: what do you put on the cauliflower or broccoli?
2: Oh, just uh, cook it in salted water, heavily salted water, and uh, maybe a dab of butter.
1: Are there any recipes you hate making? No. Uh-huh. Anything you hate cooking? No, I won't do it. Why bother? Any food you hate? Brains. Mm, sweet
2: I won't eat, breads, right? I won't eat brains. I, I don't. F-
1: sweet? Wait, sweet breads are no, intestines, they aren't no, they're, they? No, they're thymus glands or something. I don't know. They're nasty. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that and shad roe, which my dad used to love. Oh, I love shad roe. That's so caviar. nasty. It's caviar. I know, but the eggs are so big, and it's in this no, membrane, and, and it makes eggs. me want There's to vomit. There's millions of little eggs inside
2: <laughs> the sacks. You're eating the sack of eggs.
1: Mm, yum. Shad okay. roe. Okay.
2: <laughs> what, what's your
0: biggest strength and your biggest weakness?
2: Um, I think my biggest strength is my curiosity, and probably my biggest weakness is also my
1: curiosity.
0: (laughs) Why? Because you want to do too many things?
1: Yeah, probably. Um, Do you think marijuana should be legal? Um, Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think so i i
2: but I worry about i but it should be se- controlled by parents because I just think that uh, you know there's too much in denver I, I'm understanding that that school children are are partaking too much and it's hurting their studies i don't li- I don't like anything that interferes with growing up in a healthy uh vibrant uh, environment
1: I agree, I feel like you don't why do you i mean
3: what, I what understand mood-altering
1: drugs, but, you know, because... What but, does a child need that for? I don't understand having sort of this artificial...
0: Why well, worry about all the prescription drugs that yeah. kids are getting in school as well? Oh, like Ritalin they, and yeah. Adderall and all of that. Anyway, we have a listener question oh. that's very quick. This is the longest
2: podcast I ever
1: did. <laughs> My message is from Martha
2: Stewart. What is the best way to cook pork chops? I want to know. Oh Thank you. The, Sharon, Garland, Texas. The best way to put, cook pork chops. Um, well, I think pork chops should be. Um, you can bread them if you want, but I just I just dredge them in in a salty, peppery flour, and then I just cook them lightly in um, a little olive oil and a little bit of butter until they are pretty much done, and then I squeeze fresh oranges over them mm. and uh, let the juices sort of caramelize they're the best because it's, it's hard to make a
1: juicy pork chop yeah but that's the that's the best way to something cook my pork mom chops, was never able to do i'll tell you that
2: don't broil them <laughs> yeah because they get dried out what's your favorite
0: thing to do with your grandkids
2: Oh, explore. I mean, these kids are such explorers. They're how old now, Martha? Five and six, but they are great travelers, and we went to the Galapagos already. We've gone to Botswana. We go to Maine. They're climbing rock walls now. Um, They hike. Are they boys? A girl and a boy. A girl and a boy. And they're they're very, very fun to be with. And how's your daughter? Alexis is great. She's a very good mother. And these children are um, the result of close
1: attention. Now, we talked about reinventing. So, as we bring this to a close, what what would you like to do, Martha, that you haven't done yet? Like, would you like to be in Martha the Musical? Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's a good idea, actually. You what can you do, like that. To do that. You that actually, can be Katie in the Musical. No, actually, that would be the a dancing really notes fun notes. musical. The yeah.
2: um, I want to, uh, yeah, I have. I have some. Businessy kind of things to do. Can still you give do. us a little hint? Well, I've I've been working on an organizer for for the homemaker, and I I'm going to build that. Always fun
1: to see what Martha does next. Martha, I'm delicious, my yeah, god! Yeah, thank you. This that was amazing. really yummy. You have to eat if you're going to produce for sure. Yes. Well, that was very delicious, and your new cookbook is called Slow Cooker, and I'm excited to have one. And I I guess I'm going to have to buy a slow cooker now. Thank you, Martha. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Brian. And uh, I'm glad you came to my office.
2: Thank you for having
0: us. And uh, thank
1: you for making apple cider and apple crisp and the cappuccino.
0: Thanks as always to our production team, the intrepid, brilliant Gianna Palmer, our producer.
1: That was for Gianna's dad, who fast forwards to the
0: credits. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I hope that still counts as a listen. (laughs) Nora Ritchie, our wonderful production assistant, and especially Jared O'Connell, our audio engineer, who helped us take our show on the road for this episode. Thanks also to Allison Bresnik, for all she does to shine a light on our podcast via her social media mastery. And to Emily Bina from Katie Couric Media for her production prowess as well. Thanks, Mark Phillips, for our
1: theme music. Wow, we are laying it on thick today, ladies and gentlemen. We heard from a lot of you who left voicemails and wrote in with your questions for Martha Stewart for this episode. It was great. We loved it. So remember, you can email us your questions for Marie Kondo, too. You may have heard of her best-selling book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And if you're a slob like me, you're going to have a lot of questions. Or if you just want to say hi or that you're enjoying our podcast. Now we sound you, a little pathetic. You, want, <laughs> you, you you want to know, you know, like what Brian's hobbies are when he's not reading 8,000 newspapers and newsletters. You can do so at comments at com or leave us a voicemail at 929 929- 2244637 the lines are open 24/7 <laughs> and yes i do think we sound a little pathetic like we don't have any sunday there don't, we don't have any friends if you want to further cyberstalk us i'm katie Couric on twitter um and i actually read my comments and um if you're a jerk i block you so please don't be a jerk also i'm on instagram and katie.couric on snapchat Find me on Facebook as well, and Brian is at GoldsmithB on Twitter. And last but not
0: least, if you like the show, please, please subscribe. (laughs) I figured we're pathetic already, so I might as well just lean into it. Subscribe, rate, and review the show over at Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out.
1: (laughs) Please, someone stop us. Talk to you next time, and we promise to be less beggy and whiny and pathetic. Thank you. Have a good day. (laughs)
2: iHeartRadio brings you some of the biggest podcasts of all time, like Stuff You Should Know and Stuff You Missed in History Class, plus the hottest podcasts of the last year like the Ron Burgundy Podcast, Disgrace Land, and Monster the Zodiac Killer. Not only does iHeartRadio produce some of the most popular podcasts in the world, but now the free iHeartRadio app is the fastest-growing app for listening to your favorite podcasts. Over 280,000 podcasts, all easy to find and free to listen to on the app or anytime at iHeartRadio.com.